Hi, everyone. This is Dean Crisp, your host for Straight Talk on Leadership. Very excited to be with you today. We're going to be talking about leading through crisis periods of time. You know, we're going to talk about this current crisis that a lot of us are in, in this COVID-19 or coronavirus, or what do you want to refer to it? And we're going to talk about how leadership is literally changing right before our eyes and how we're watching an evolution of leadership go on. We're going to be giving you some tips how to evolve with this evolution of leadership that's going to be occurring during this COVID crisis. So folks, sit back and as we always say, turn up the volume, you're ready to change your life. Hi, I'm Dean Chris. Welcome to Straight Talk on Leadership. This is what we'd like to say is the no BS zone, where we give you leadership tips, ideas, and practical suggestions to help you become a top leadership performer. Our goal is simple, help you become the best version of yourself and reach your highest potential as a leader. So sit back, turn up the volume, be ready to change your life. Hi, everyone. This is Dean Crisp, your host for Straight Talk on Leadership. It's great to be back with you this week on the podcast. We've been pushing out a number of podcasts in the last several weeks. We've been talking about the comfort zone, how it's the dangers of being in your comfort zone. And man, are all of us in a difficult comfort zone kind of change now with this COVID-19 or the coronavirus. But you know, folks, as a leader, we got to be Although we may not have been especially prepared for this specific crisis, and it's evolving every day, we got to be prepared as leaders. So we're going to be focusing this week's podcast on trying to give you some tips on how to get through a period of time like we've never seen before. Now, I'm not trying to tell you folks I've got all the answers, but I do know in my over 25 years of leadership that a leader must adjust to every crisis that they're facing, but this one is kind of unprecedented. And I want to thank all of you for joining us. I'm going to be joined today by Kelly Corbin, who is our business development manager or business development director. She's the one that's out there pushing our classes and making sure they're full and making sure that people know exactly what to do with coming up new ideas of our businesses. And she just is kind of one of those folks who wears all those hats for us. And not only that, she in her, in her own right has credibility as it relates to leadership, but also as well it relates to writing and reading. So she's going to be joining me in just a few moments on the podcast. We're going to have a conversation about what we can do during this period of time. But I do want to first thank all of you and thank all of our sponsors uh, on our podcast. We have a number of new affiliate sponsors. Safari Land is one of them. We really thank you folks for joining us in. And at the end of the show, you're going to hear more about the affiliation with our sponsors. We want to thank them. But first and foremost, I want to thank you the listener for paying attention and listening and watching our show notes and, and just following along in our podcast. We are continually receiving comments on email, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, all those things regarding our podcast. And it just appears that people have really, really, really bought into our podcast and they're growing with us and we're growing with them. And we're just seeing all these things occur right before our eyes. And we really appreciate that from you. And thank you. We want you to always uh, join us at LHLN, which that's Leaders Helping Leaders Network. Go on there and look at our classes. We have taken a little bit of a, a hiatus, if you will, from travel because of the COVID-19 and the coronavirus that's currently slowing down not only our economy, but our travel and our lives. 
and we're going to be off the road for about six weeks now as we kind of adjust to this new normal and we'll be letting you know when we're right back out there on the road and but we're not going to stop with our leadership we might not be on the road but man we've got a challenge and we've got a mindset and a mind for leadership and we're going to be continuing to share the growth with you with our podcast we're going to be pushing our blog articles out there uh, I'm even going to be doing some live events. We haven't decided when we're going to be getting all those together, but I'm going to be doing some live events where folks can join in and ask questions and kind of grow. And we're also going to be doing some e-courses. We're right now in the process of developing some e-courses. The first one is going to be our introductory to leadership. We're going to be doing some generational e-courses. So stay tuned for that. And we really want you to listen and uh, watch those. Uh, we're uh, developing those as we speak. Uh, we've had meetings every day about them, and we're pushing that material out. But now let's get into the show, and let's talk about leading during crisis. I'm going to be joined by the business development director for LHLN, Kelly Corbin. Hi, Kelly. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Dean? You enjoying your coronacation? Yeah, well, I'm not really taking a coronacation, but I know that's what some people are doing because I'm working harder now than I really have ever because, we're, you know, as we are having meetings every day. We're talking about what do we do with this new normal. And so I'm really not taking a vacation. I probably wished I was back out on the road because I'm working <laughs> harder now than I have, uh, you know, in the past several weeks. So I know I I, I, we're excited about some of the things going on with, uh, with uh, LHLN and what we're trying to do here with our network. And you and I had a discussion this morning. We were talking about uh, we've been wanting to put something out for folks to, to kind of help them uh, not only with just leadership, but in particular facing the crisis that we're facing right now, we're in a new normal. And we talk Absolutely. about how do we help some of those? So I hope today that uh, what we tell the folk pass along is really going to be a help for them. So I really do appreciate you uh, joining in. Well, it's fun to be here. It's always good to have those conversations with you, Dean. I, I, I'm always amazed at how you can take um, kind of abstract ideas and really kind of boil it down and I thought that the conversation we had this morning about how this is impacting leadership was really, really prescient. So um, excited to kind of dialogue with you about that. Kelly, thank you for saying that I kind of take those abstract and make them simple. I think it's just because I have a simple mind. And I think when you have a simple <laughs> mind, there's a lot can go on in there and you just kind of don't know, you know, what you don't know sometimes. So with that, yeah, I do believe we're in a tipping point. I, <laughs> I think that we're in a uh, definitely a leadership tipping point. And let me kind of tell folks what a tipping point it is. And a tipping point, if you were to take a bell-shaped curve, and everybody's seen those bell-shaped curves, and you have one side, you have extreme left or extreme right, meaning something's really good on the left or something's really great or bad on the right. And you were trying to tip those things in that direction, if you will. Look at the middle of the curve. And then at what point do things tip or do they not, or they're not able to return the way they were, they kind of tip forward. So it means it establishes a new kind of normal. And I can right. think of some tipping points in leadership, uh, the, the uh, transformational leadership that came about in 1978. Uh, when you talk about uh, that work that was done, when, when you started focusing on the individual growth of the person, or you started using such things as transactional versus transformational, mm -hmm. uh, you know, things. And, and, and I think that that was really a tipping point. You look historically at tipping points with the racial relations around our country in the 1960s, 
1963 was a particular point because of the events that occurred there. The Selma March, when people started watching people, people mm-hmm. really began to be brutalized by police. When right. you started watching the Civil Rights Act of 1963, and then you saw the little girls who were killed in 1963 by the bombing. You know, our country at that point said, no more of that. We have got to find a better way. So Malcolm Gladwell writes about Tipping Point in his books, which is a great book. And it talks about when to finally consumers tip and start buying something because they need it, they want it, they desire it. It just tips them forward. And it's something they have to have. So in leadership, I think you're watching, uh, Kelly, I really do believe that this is a singular event, this COVID-19, you're literally seeing a tipping point in leadership to where leadership from this day forward, in my personal opinion, and looking at stuff that I've seen all over this great country and around leadership, we will never return to the way we were or way we led before the COVID-19. You're actually seeing a tipping point of the country. Now, COVID-19 didn't cause it. We've been heading in this direction for a long time. But the tipping point, I believe, is is that where employees used to be absolutely organizationally focused when they came in. Now, it doesn't mean that they didn't want to not look at themselves, and it didn't mean that they didn't take an interest in what they were doing themselves. They always did. But they always had that organizational skew or organizational structure. So when they looked at any part of their job, they would look at the organizational structure first and say, what are we trying to accomplish here? Now, mm-hmm. the tipping point, what I believe in this is that you're seeing is that employees now have tipped to where they are going to singularly focus on themselves first and then what's best for the organization. Right. And right. that has changed. That has changed leadership uh, tremendously. And, and I think you and I have talked about the difference in uh, what we call linear thinking versus yes. holistic thinking. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah. When you talk about, linear thinking that's imagine linear thinking is a b c d e f g right across the line imagine a line and you go from a to b to c to d to e that's linear mm-hmm. and the, the the strange thing about what linear thinking does is it cuts off your emotional connectivity to what you're dealing with so in other words like a police officer if he goes on the scene and he sees a dead body or sees a traffic accident horrific and things have occurred the cop, although they care about the people they're, they're seeing being victimized, they begin to think linear about what is their job. And so mm-hmm. when they do that, they tend to cut off their emotional connectivity because if they stayed emotional, they wouldn't be able to do the job. Right. And right. so and this work came from Daniel Pink around in a book he writes in 2005 called The Whole New Mind. And he talks about the holistic thinking changed around 2000 when people started getting technology and abundance mindset. Now, what that means is technology gives you the ability to see everything in the world going on at one time. And so as a result of that, you tend to be um, holistic from the standpoint of you you may not care about what's going on in Israel or Syria or Australia, but now because the internet, because of technology, you know about stories that are happening instantaneously. Right. So if a person's suffering in Australia, you know about it. Mm-hmm. So, and then abundance mindset is we don't really care anymore that we just have to have a car. We want the right color. We want the right upholstery. We want the right style. You know, our kids nowadays have just an abundance mindset. Oh, so, yes. so that kind of changed the, and that focused and changed the way we've done it. So 
When you look at right now, I literally believe that we are in the midst of a tipping point to self-orientation, self-directed mindset of our employees to where when we go back to work after this crisis period's over, we're going to have to learn how to understand that these employees are going to believe that they are absolutely the most important component, which they are. But right. a lot of organizations will tell you organizationally, we got to do what's best for the organization. Now it's going to be, we got to do what's best for our employees. And you're seeing that with us COVID-19. You're watching it right in front of our eyes where an individual's mindset or an individual now, and this is what I think is causing this tipping point is that when people come to work, they're able to focus on the organizational structure and what's going on in the organization. I don't mm -hmm. think there's any problem. They can focus on that. But because we have our cell phones, because we have all this technology, we're overly focused on what's going on at the house while we're at work. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So you kind of are fighting 50-50 with that at work now. Because of this COVID crisis, people are now going to be way swayed towards their personal interest more than they are organizationally. And so their mindset's going to change about how we work. And I'm telling you, I think you're seeing this mindset change to what I call moving from the bigger picture thinking. Yeah. Now what I call the biggest picture thinking, which yeah. the biggest picture thinking is the individual and the organizational kind of balanced now towards the individualistic ideas, not the organizational structure. Man, I think we're going to have a shift. No, I agree with you. And I think that um, we bring up Gladwell's book and, and he's, he's always talking about the Pareto principle and the law of the few and all of that. And what seemed to be for many years because of the technology, our ability to stay connected with our kids, for example. I mean, when you think about when you and I were in college, if you were taking a road trip somewhere, your parents had to wait until you got there before you can make a phone call. And my daughter, my oldest daughter, just went on a road trip with some of her friends this past weekend, and I could actually track her movements on the cell phone. And so that's crept in. And now with this crisis, it's just made it even more, um, I think it's, like you said, it's just tipped it in that direction to where people are absolutely focused on everything. There's work, but I think where you were saying it was a 50-50 sharing of that responsibility. I would, I would dare say now it's probably they're getting 20 or 30% focus on work and the rest of it's focused on are my kids who are sitting at home doing e-learning, doing their e-learning? Um, am I going to be able to go buy toilet paper at the grocery store when I need to go tonight? You know, things like that. So there's, there's just that mindset. And I don't, I think what you're, when you go through a crisis like this or an epidemic, it tends to have residual effects. Um, 9-11 would be the closest, last kind of significant emotional event we went through, but yet it was very different than this because there was a known quantity. You know, we saw the event unfold. We saw the consequences of that event. We didn't know for a while the uncertainty afterwards of were there going to be more attacks, all that kind of thing. In this case, it's kind of like an unseen thing. You just don't know really what it does and when it's going to manifest. Well, and I do think, so let me make my point just yeah a, a little bit so like so it's kind of like the ncaa tournament for example now yes. that's a billion dollar tournament or more i mean Absolutely. cbs paid like a billion dollars for the rights to that okay and now you ha you take the true numbers of folks who have died now i'm not telling you this crisis 
is not going to get out of hand. I'm not telling you that we're overreacting. Don't even think that. Don't even say that I'm saying any of that. I am not. But what I'm saying is, is that when you base the number of people who have died, although one death is significant, don't get me wrong. I, I truly believe that. And I'm in line with people's thinking here. But think about this for a second. We stopped a entire spring sport of basketball, baseball, football. We stopped the NCAA shut down an entire billion-dollar tournament based upon a number of deaths and projections that were coming from scientists. Now, if you look yes. at the real numbers and you look at H1N1, man, that wiped out like 15,000 people or so in the United States. And, and we had 500,000 people worldwide that were wiped out. And I think like 15 million people got it. So yeah. when you look at that, just in terms of the sheer numbers, see, we used to tolerate that. We would mm -hmm. tolerate that crisis and to say, that's just part of the way the world is. People are going to die from disease. Mm -hmm. But because we have shifted individually. So we've had this tipping point now to where the individual needs of a few far outweigh the individual needs of many. Now, yes. that doesn't mean bad. I'm just telling you that we are going to have to learn how to lead in that type of environment. And that has changed categorically the way we lead. I'm telling you right now, when you look at this in terms of leading, when you will take a billion dollar, billion dollar tournament, and you will stop it because you've had a thousand deaths in anything. Mm -hmm. And look, folks, children at this moment, when we're doing this podcast, are not being ravaged by this disease like the elderly are. Right. So we're seeing these individuals. When you take Facebook, you take Twitter, you take all these components that are pushing information to people, you watch the news. The news has turned into a 24-hour COVID coronavirus network. Yes. There is no other news. We are seeing presidential candidates being chosen and selected based on the crisis now. Nobody can campaign. Nobody can talk about anything but this disease because we have individualized this suffering to one or so, not to one person, but individually. Right. And you're exactly right when you said, when people are worried about going to the grocery store, when people are worried about doing these things, man, it has changed the way people think. Mm -hmm. And so the leaders, they have to change with that. They have to evolve. Now, here's something I want you to understand about big picture thinking as it comes to when you think big picture, and I'm going to give you the difference here between bigger picture and biggest picture thinking. All right. There, there's okay. a difference. Bigger picture thinking, you tend to think linear. Now, what I mean by that is that the need of the organization outpaces the need of the individual. Right. Okay. So in other words, when, I, when we come to work, I say, all right, this is what we're trying to accomplish. And I say, well, how are we going to get there? Well, now my individual need at home or my individual needs for my kids don't come into play there. Correct. But now they're coming into play because right. if you're not focused and you're not safe, then you categorically change how you think. So if That's you look correct. at workplace, we're not only losing billions of dollars because we've put restaurants on takeout. We've put, we've restricted people from coming in to, uh, to meetings. We, we not only impacted that way, we've changed the focus now to the individual's home life or to taking care of that. It's hard to come to work when all this is happening. So productivity yes. is going to take a major uh, dive because of the fact that people aren't as focused as they were a week ago. And Correct. So, all right, so you talk about linear thinking. You talk about the needs of the organization supersedes the needs of the individual. 
And you're talking about that we've had this sense of duty when we come to work. Bigger picture thinking requires that you have a sense of commitment and duty to the organization. Now, that right. doesn't mean that people are going to change that. It just means now they're going to begin to think individualistically. And I'm not trying to tell you this is the beginning of the end of leadership. Not any way, no stretch, no imagination. I'm just telling you now that people are going to be differently focused. And the things that you do during this crisis period of time will have long, long, long-term effects on your employees because they are holistically thinking and their emotions are at the tip of them. They're right at the very tip. And if a leader doesn't pay attention, particularly during this period of time, they're going to cause problems that's going to occur long, long, have long, long lasting results here. You can literally ruin a relationship by the way you act when somebody calls in sick. Right. You have to do, you have to figure that thing out. So the biggest picture you're thinking is more holistic. And what that does is it changes now. The individual needs become more important than the organizational goals or supersedes the organizational needs. That is a major shift. It is. When you have that type of a major shift, people's needs now become extremely important. You're seeing companies that are not working right now that are saying, why are we working when everybody else isn't? Right. Why are we why are we here? What's more important? Now I know a paycheck's important. I know that people still have to get paid. Don't get me wrong. And man, that's something we've got to pay close attention to. Well, you, but you, it you changes know, them. One thing I was gonna pop in earlier this week, I was talking with one of our um, locations because we had to reschedule a class and the lady that I spoke with, um, she was the only one that was still working on site and you could tell that that was a very unsettling thing for her. She's like, you know, we've closed the lobby. We're not allowed to go over to the records division. We're not allowed to accept any visitors. Um, everybody else has been sent home except for me. <laughs> and so yeah. perfect example. Well, and, and now we're going right. to get ourselves back and we will find, but the new normal is going to be different because now you've raised the bar for crises yeah. or you've low, I'm not saying raise the bar. You've kind of lowered the threshold for the actions that we'll take. Now we'll do anything. If you will stop commerce and you will close borders and you yeah. will do what's next. And mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. we're changing now fundamentally how people are going to be coming to work. Now I'm not trying to tell you that this is doomsday. Not at all. Figure this thing out. We'll get all this stuff worked out. And we will. I just, I just want to help right now who are in the midst of these times, these crisis periods of time. Let me just give, I'm going to give you some tips on what I believe will really help you during this period of time as a leader and help you with the individual in terms of the employee with the new mindset shift. Okay. Okay. All right. So, all right. Leading in these times, the first thing you've got to do is you have to understand that emotional intelligence is got to be the framework of your leading. Now, uh -huh. for those of you who out there don't understand what emotional intelligence is, I'm going to go through it really quickly. It's Daniel Goleman's work. If you want to look at his book or look online, you can find Wikipedia and find a really quick summary. We'll, we might even put that link in our show notes. Absolutely. So, so you can just go straight to emotional intelligence. Now, emotional intelligence is making sure self-awareness is first. How do you come across as a leader? This is extremely vital. 
in a crisis period of time. I cannot tell you how important it is for leaders to understand that everyone is paying particular attention to their actions during this period of time. Self-awareness. you got to understand. You've got to connect to your people. Self-awareness. Self-management. This is a time when you are absolutely going to have to be calm. I'm going to talk more about that in just a second in terms of being calm. But you have to understand in self-management, you got to know that if you're angry, you're ill, or you're mad, or you're upset, or you're going to be getting calls almost hourly on changes. You're going to be getting calls daily. Every day, if you watch this crisis occur, every day they've added, there's no slowing down to some of the stuff they're doing. First time they st- you know, they talk about closing schools. Then they talk about the NCAA tournament. Then they talk about closing the borders. Now they're closing restaurants. I mean, every day it's this additional thing they're adding that we have to do to adjust our lifestyle, which is causing mm-hmm. a great deal of craziness. Absolutely. So, so when you talk about you got to manage yourself, you got to do that. The third thing is you have to be aware organizationally what's going on. So you have to put your finger on the pulse of what people are thinking. So Mm -hmm. you have to be aware inside that your people are going to be upset. And this isn't probably a good time to implement a change on uh, wearing hats. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? This isn't a good time to go out there and nitpick people parking in the parking lot wrong. Right. Or You don't want to send an email out that just doesn't address these issues. You don't want to, appear that the building's on fire and you're all you're worried about is the color of the curtains. I mean, you, you, you organizationally sure. have, you got to pay attention that people right now, their feelings or emotions are right at the tip. I mean, they're, they're just right on their shoulders. You know, they're going to, they're wearing them things just like right on the tip, you know? So you got to be right. aware organizationally what's going on. Everybody's unsettled and, and changed during this period of time is nuts, nuts, nuts. So you got to be yep. really, really careful about that. Okay. All right. The fourth thing is, is Goldman, you can either say it's motivation, right? Like what, what motivates employees and, and an emotionally intelligent leader understands that there's two types of motivations. There's intrinsic and mm-hmm. there's extrinsic. Extrinsic are what you get, those rewards, it's cars, it's money, it's all those things. Intrinsic are the things that keep your employees working because they want to. It's right. not about money. It's because right. they care. It's because they're committed. So you have to understand that during this period of time, you have to appeal to the intrinsic nature of your employees. You cannot appeal to the extrinsic. They are not worried about every dollar, although they've got to work. But now if you're laying them off, absolutely extrinsic values equal. Yeah, survival. no question. You follow me? So you have to be aware of that. So yep. what motivates them right now? You, you got to do that. You got to keep aware of the motivation. And the fifth thing, empathy. And we're yeah. going to talk about empathy in a minute in a much greater detail, but you have to have empathy. So Absolutely. emotional intelligence, it needs to be your framework for your decision-making, the way you're treating people, the way you're dealing with this stuff just needs to be the framework. The second yeah. thing, you got to show empathy. Empathy is the fastest form of interaction and communication with any employee. Now, that's not me saying that. That's Stephen Covey. He right. says the fastest form of interaction and mm-hmm. connecting with people is showing empathy. So yep. if they come to you and they say they've got an elderly family member they're worried about, 
They say they've got small kids at home. They got to find daycare. They've got problems during this crisis period of time. They got individual needs they got to be taken care of. It's not time for you to say, I want to see how committed you are to this job. Yeah. You've got to tell. So you make a choice. You know, is it the job or is it your family? Don't do that. They will always choose family. Of course. Yeah. So, and when somebody has a crisis during this period of time, you know, like something in their family, man, you got to be empathetic. Me, man, I am the worst at empathy ever. I was my entire career. I got better at it years later. But in my entire career, I missed three days of work. Mm -hmm. 30 plus years, three days. So you can imagine when people called out, man, I had a problem with that. So what we're seeing now is, is I'm talking to leaders all across the country about things that's going on. And I'm trying to keep my ear to the tracks, if you will, and seeing what do, uh, leaders are dealing with. Man, yeah. we're getting cops. We're getting people call out in record numbers. Yeah. Now, they're saying, I got a fever. I've come in contact with someone. You send. And here's the biggest problem. Cops are the worst in the world to send three or four people to a call. So if somebody <laughs> does have the virus, then now all four of them are infected or they got to be quarantined. So Right, right. I mean, you're just seeing that. So. You have to be empathetic and understand that people are going to be really, really sensitive. So some people are going to take what I call a coronacation or the covidcation or whatever you want to call. They're going to take <laughs> advantage of this thing. But most people are going to be, take their job seriously. Yeah. And you just have to understand that's the times we're in. Well, and it also, don't you think, especially in our first responders, there's just added stress. I mean, whether you're you know, a police officer, a firefighter, or anyone, you know, EMS um, technician, you're going to have that added stress of you go on a call, what are you going to be encountering? I mean, I've heard a couple of our clients saying that they've actually issued new policy procedures on how to handle things like routine traffic stops. Okay, can um, I say something about that? Let, let yeah, Okay, yeah. so honestly, give me a definition of what social distancing is for mm -hmm. a first responder. Exactly. Well, I know. I mean, that's I mean, what so I'm saying. Somebody's bleeding to death. Somebody's coughing. You've or got to deal with it. You, yeah. you got to deal with it. You, you know, you, same thing for a medical. Somebody's being disruptive. Somebody's, you, you can't do social distancing. You can't say, hey, straighten up. If that's well, all it took, you wouldn't be need to be there anyway. So it, it's. Yes. No, you're absolutely. Telling people, you're telling people on one hand, social distance but our job is social connection and interaction it's not yeah. social distance so you're ha they're handcuffed on one end and now you know people can work in different areas of a building but a cop's got to go on the street that's you know, right they're in fact on the street ems people have to go on the street what's hospitals the hospitals yeah. have to take whoever shows up you know so yeah you i mean be it's empathetic you got to get people listening you got to pay attention you got to show yeah. empathy during this period of time People are going to tell you all kinds of stories. You got to pay attention to them. That's your people that work with you. You just got to show empathy. Third thing, you got to be calm. You got to show, as a leader, you got to be calm. Now, calm, I, cool, collected. Well, I don't know about, you know, that's hard to do. But I'll tell you <laughs> one thing right now. When you go home and you read or you listen to the news and you turn on this 24-hour news, uh, it makes you want to jump off a bridge. And it just, <laughs> it's just because... There, it's so much gloom and doom. And every time you have somebody on there, they're telling you that millions and millions of people are going to die. You know, that might be true. But when you hear that, it has a negative effect on you. No and question. You got to be calm in the face of fear here. 100%. Now, you have to be calm. 
the fourth thing. You got to become mm-hmm. comfortable with being uncomfortable. There is no mm-hmm. way you are going to become comfortable during this period of time. I hope not, because that means we've gone way too long. It's very difficult for leaders to become comfortable in crazy times because you hope that they get over quicker than than later. Yeah. So, but you got to understand, you got to become comfortable being uncomfortable. It's just the nature of what we're dealing with right now. And you're not hearing anything positive from your people. You're not hearing anything positive from uh, television stations, radio stations, nothing. I mean, well, Dean, how would you, if you, when you say that you have to get used to being comfortable, being uncomfortable, could you give an example of how, how that maybe is manifested in your career or how you're seeing that unfold currently? Well, I can only tell you my personal uh, story is the fact that the day that I started realizing everything's not going to be perfect and people aren't going to be perfect and there's going to be instances where you just have to deal with issues, then mm-hmm. I became comfortable with being uncomfortable. I see. Okay. One, I got one you. of the biggest problems is you come and think everything's going to be great. Mm-hmm. You got to realize that, yes, you might still be working on things, but man, everybody's minds on this. Mm-hmm. And as a result, they're going to be very uncomfortable. I got the you. Fifth, the fifth thing, use this to evolve as a leader. Self-evolution of a leader is one of the most important components of leadership. Mm-hmm. You have to evolve. You have to reinvent yourself as a leader. So you've got to use this opportunity to evolve and understand that you don't want to absolutely fight this evolution, but in realistic terms, you're going to be leading people differently during this period of time than you've ever led them before. You're going to have to be more reassuring. You're going to have to be calmer. You're going to have to have, understand your attitude is going to have a major impact on people you got to understand you set the tone and the flavor of the organization. You got to knock all that off and understand you have to evolve as a leader. Mm -hmm. So use this period of time to self-reflect and self-evolve. That's great. That's good stuff. It really is. Um, It's just true. You have to use this period of time to evolve. So you you have to make sure that that you do that. The sixth thing, you've got to think before you speak. Every person is hanging on everything you say. When a new memo comes out or a new directive comes out, if you say that's stupid, that's bull crap, that's just, you know, what the hell is going on? I, I've been saying this the last mm-hmm. couple of days and I've had to mm-hmm. catch myself saying this. I'm saying like, we're in a twilight zone now. The world has gone <laughs> to twilight zone. Yeah. And, and it, it just kind of helps me kind of structure ourselves to believe that you know what? The twilight zone is a place you never could imagine would be. And right. this is where we are. Right. We're, we're in the twilight zone. And you yeah. just can't go around your, your office saying, hey, we're in the twilight zone. Well, that what that means is it just puts them in a place where they don't know what the heck's going on. You got to be well, careful. Well, and I think also you have to be very cognizant as a leader in what you talk about, the maturity level of your people as leaders. Because where you may say that and it means nothing to somebody else that's at the level that you're at. You're just kind of like joking about it and it's not a big deal, but somebody that is at a different or lower level of maturity and leadership is going to look at that in a very different way. Would oh, you definitely. say? Mm-hmm. The higher you go, the more this is important. Yes. A sergeant can say, Hey man, we might be uh, all of us not out of a job, but now if the boss says that and the real right. boss says that, man, we all are in trouble. 
Right, right. So you got you got to think before you speak. You got it? Yep. All right. The seventh thing is be positive. Things are absolutely out of control. Find the positive. Mm-hmm. This is hard to do. Now, how do I be positive in a situation like this? Hey, folks, we will get through this. Hey, folks, yes, this is tough. We're in new territory here. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. But you know what? We got you. We got the other right. people. We're going to get right. through this. Listen, we are going to work through this. You got to be positive. Negative people will absolutely kill an organization in a minute. They will cause mm-hmm. this crisis to be even worse. And you have a choice every single day to look at life. Be positive about it or negative. Yeah. But be positive. The eighth thing, you got to stop, look, and listen. You remember when we were taught coming <laughs> up when you crossed the railroad tracks? Yes. Kind of like them times. You better stop, you better look, and you better listen. Because mm-hmm. you might look both ways and you might not see the train, but you dang sure going to hear it. Right. So as a leader, you're going to have to learn to just take a second, kind of stop and think. You know, remind yourself how people are going to be perceiving you. Mm-hmm. You got to look around and see signs for people not being able to handle this thing. You got to look around and kind of read the tea leaves. You got to look around and see where people are, are either handling it well or not. Right. You be present. And then you got to listen. Right. You can do all those other things. And if you don't listen, you can still get run over by the train. So you got to stop, look, and listen. You got to connect with your employees. You have to connect with your employees. That's the next thing. Okay. So tell you how you connect with employees during this crisis period of time. And I've been in plenty of them, but nothing like this now. Nor am I trying to tell people that I've got some special, you know, way to handle this. All I'm telling you is I'm taking my years of experience in crisis that I've been in, and I've tried to find my way to, to lead my way out of them. So sure. got to connect with your employees. So how do you connect with them? You got to be seen. You got to be heard. You got to be present and you mm-hmm. have to be reassuring. Those are my four B's when mm-hmm. it comes to connecting with employees. If you are seen, you're heard, you're present with them and they are around you and they understand your leadership and you reassure them, man, you will connect with your employees. Sure. So when you talk about connecting with them, four B's right there, be seen, be heard, be present, be reassuring. Uh-huh. Okay. Now let's talk about the last thing. And this is where the last point of this. Folks, we will get through this. Now, this is tough. We haven't even, we may not have even seen the tipping point of this thing yet. But yeah. we're right now, it's going to get tougher. So what I want you to do is to please don't waste a crisis. Don't let the lessons that you're learning, the evolution of your leadership, your ability to connect with your employees, the ability to listen to them, All these things that you are listening and learning and evolving as a leader, don't waste this crisis. Make sure that you learn from it. Make sure that you prepare yourself to what's ahead as it relates to how we're changing. Let me tell you something. As soon as you can, return things to normal. Right. So you really have to be careful and you have to move forward in a crisis period of time. So you have to return to normal as soon as possible. Get things back to normal. The more you can get things to become normal, the more people are going to settle down. The more people are going to believe in what you're trying to accomplish. Right. So those are things that are extremely important. So I really hope that these tips have helped our audience in terms of dealing with this crisis period of time that we're dealing with right now. 
I hope, and again, I'm not trying to tell anybody that I know any better than anybody else, but I'm in the game. I see people out there. I'm listening to people, and I know from folks things that are occurring, and I just sat down today, and I started beginning to think, man, we're in a leadership position at LHLN. Let's just make sure we pass along these life lessons and these leadership lessons, how to deal with these crises in a period of time. I want to be reassuring and tell everybody, we will get back to normal. We will return to our normal. Will it be the same normal? I don't know about that. But people have changed. You are literally seeing a tipping point of leadership occur right before your eyes. Very few people get to see that tipping point while they're in the game. You're in it. I personally believe that we have tipped. Leadership is never going to be the same after this. The individual focus is going to be much more. We have, But it's not a bad thing. We just have to adjust as leaders. So take this opportunity to let it be your tipping point where you tip your leadership forward, where you decide, I'm not going backwards, I'm going forward. So folks, you know, with that, I want to say thank you. Uh, Kelly, thank you for joining the show today. Thank you for being on here with me. Thank Thanks you for, for having me on. the questions and prompting. Listen, if folks want to come to uh, email us at LHLN, if you got any questions, email me directly. Uh, we'll get back with you as soon as possible. And folks, stay safe out there. Practice that social distancing. As we said the other day, wash your hands. Do all those <laughs> things. Keep yourself safe. And uh, folks, we appreciate you at LHLN. It's been our pleasure to be with you on the show today. Stay safe. Until next time, folks. You've been listening to the Straight Talk on Leadership with Dean Crisp. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and iTunes or Spotify so that you do not miss a future episode. Also, please visit our website at www.lhln.org, where you can view the show notes, links by our guest, and where you can learn more about the Leaders Helping Leaders Network and our upcoming classes. We here at LHLN would also like to thank our affiliate sponsors, Camelback, Strapworks, and Secure It Gunsafe. Please visit their links and our website to view their great deals. Until next time, leadership rocks.